All right. So, because Jenny made fun of my source sheet from last week, I you gave you the longest. I gave you the longest source sheet in the world. No, we love the, it. That's not the reason why. That's not the reason why. Um, the reason is I was looking back at my notes and I hadn't. I, we never really did this topic, which is why Corbanos. Starting to by Ikra, right? After all, right? So we're, uh, you know, we're going to talk about it for a long time. Everyone gets nervous. Rabbis get nervous. Sefer by Yikra. Bracious is easy. Shmos is also easy. But the end of Shmos is not so easy. But then Vayikra is like really hard. Right? But that's okay. That's okay. It's a good challenge. So, so we got to talk about it. We got to talk about Corbonos. Because what, what bothers everybody? Well, not everybody. Lots of people about Corbonos. It seems. What bothers, what bothers the Chavra about Corbonos? What would you say? Pagan. Pagan. Okay. Okay. It's disturbing. If Hashem created all these beautiful animals, why would He want us to sacrifice murder them, them? for Him? Yes. Okay, good. What else? Because they were used to doing that in Egypt. Yeah, they were doing that. Avodah does that. Yeah, like what? Like, like why is that something that we do? We talk, we bother, we daven for it to come back. Right, Musaf, you pay attention Some to Musaf on Shabbos. You're davening for. And by the way, if you look, if you look I, in. If you look in the conservative reform siddurim, they, they took it out. I know. They took it out. They t- that was one of the big edits that they made in those siddurim. They actually removed references to korbanos coming back. But we, we haven't removed them. Um, we do believe the Rambam writes, if you don't believe that you have to you can be based in and you be korbanos, you're like outside of the believers. We, we believe that we're going to have korbanos back. So it's, you know, there's a lot of, we're confused by this. Yeah? Doesn't yeah. seem very spiritual. No, it's ve- it's a whole 20% of the Torah. Right? A whole 20% of the Torah is focused on the avoiding the base of which is mainly animal sacrifice. Right. So what's the story? And it's supposed to really connect us. Connect us. us feel repentant for our sins. I even know it's supposed to connect us by the, the word. Korban, which means? Ah, right. We say sacrifice. It's a very hard mm-hmm. word. We're going to see the refresh in a second. It's a very hard word. Sacrifice. Right, but but let, let's 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 before we get into I didn't even bring any psukim because we don't need psukim today. We just need we're gonna see uh, some kind of like relatively famous. I don't like saying famous because it's famous to whoever saw it before. Mm-hmm. It's not famous to me if I didn't see it. Right, but it's well a kind of well known machlokus in the Rambam and the Ramban about this issue, um, and some other some others who 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 take a look also. But before we do that, where do we first find korbanos? We say korbanos is a devoted zara. Avraham sacrificing Yitzchak and doesn't sacrifice Yitzchak. Okay. Gives a so Avraham gives a korban, or he, the real korban he gives is. I think Noach. Right. Noach gives korbanos right. and gets off the teva. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's not a midrash. That's real. That actually happens. Right. Who else gives a korban? Who's the first korban? Oh, actually, he- oh, Kyan and Hevel, and that starts <laughs> that whole brotherly <laughs> battle. Kyan and Hevel. Yeah. The reason that the the, the the uh, Kain and Hevel, you know, their whole issue with each other begins with Kain brings a korban, Hashem says, no thanks. And Hevel brings a korban, Hashem says, that's great. Right? And the, their entire machlokas begins because they brought korbanos to Hashem. And we find, though, by the way, that Hashem accepts some korbanos and not others. Right? Even from the very beginning. Um, presumably God already is recognizing it's not just about that you bring, but it's how you bring and what you bring. But God pays attention to Korbanos, and Korbanos begin by whom? Who, who are the ones who initiate Korbanos? The people. 
The people. Kain and Hevel are not commanded by God to bring korbanos. Noach is not commanded to bring korbanos. Even Avramavinu, not commanded to bring any korban. He's commanded to bring Yitzchak, which he doesn't in the end even, right? But when he brings the aisle afterwards, that's his own choice. You don't find any commands of any human being to bring a korban until... What's the first time we're commanded to bring a korban? Pesach. Korban Pesach. Korban which is the very first... Okay, the first mitzvah commanded the Jewish people is right? But the very first command given to Am Yisrael to do is korbanos. Right, that's it. So it is an animal. It's a good kasha. It's an animal that they cut in half and he walks through. But it's not, it's not like a korban he says to bring to me a korban. He says, do the following, cut it in half, and, right? But he, but he doesn't actually... Right? Give up. A, give something of his own to Hashem. That's not, that's not, there's really no Korban that's commanded until Korban Pesach. Okay. Um, which is just interesting. Which is interesting. But the, um, take a look at Rav Harsh. Source number one, right? Question number one, Rav Harsh. R- 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 he writes as follows. Korban. Right? This is the very beginning of Sefer Yitra. We have no word in Western languages that adequately conveys the concept inherent in the Hebrew term Korban. The common German translation Opfer Right, deriving from the Latin offero is related to offering. Refresh, by the way, did not write his commentary in English. He wrote it in German. He wrote it in German. It was then translated into Hebrew. But the, the translation, the, the newer translations that we have refreshed are, are direct translations of the German. So, um, but unfortunately, in the sense of sacrifice, it has taken on the connotation of destruction, annihilation, and loss. A connotation that is foreign and antithetical to the Hebrew concept of Korban. Even the original meaning of the term offero in the sense of offering does not correspond to Korban in the full sense. For the idea of an offering implies a prior request or need on the part of the one to whom the object is offered, right? Uh, an offering is something you give to someone who needs something. Or you're fulfilling some need for them, right? The purpose of the offering is to meet his request or to satisfy his needs. There is no distinction between an offering and a gift or a present. The concept of Korban, however, is far removed from all these. It's never to be understood as a gift or a present. Right? We're going to see later. We talk about it. It's called, you know, it's called uh, um, like enjoys the scent and the smell. Or it's called even the language of lechem, like used for Hashem, like Hashem like needs the food, he's hungry. Right? It's like, of course not. Right? It's not something that Hashem needs from us. It's found solely in the context of man's relationship to God and can only be understood on the basis of the meaning of the root karov. The meaning karov is in accord with its plain sense to draw closer, to arrive at a close relationship with someone. It follows then that the purpose and the result of hakrava is a positive attainment, the realization of a more noble existence, and that the opposite, destruction, annihilation, and loss, should not be ascribed to it. It also follows that a korban serves to meet the needs of the makriv, right, the one who brings it, and not the needs of the one to whom the korban is brought near. The, the, the will of the makrib is that something of his own should come into closer relationship with God. This is the very sense of a korban, and the act that is designed to bring about is called hakrava. Right? When you bring a korban, it's hakrava to bring me close. Right? So the, all we're first pointing out is that the idea of korban being sacrifice, right? something I give up because someone else needs it, is pretty ridiculous when you think about it in terms of God. God doesn't need our korban at all. It's not something that he you know, is asking of us. He, he does ask us, but asking of us because he needs it. Right, it doesn't make any sense. So he's just saying that that idea of, 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 you know, of translating korban as sacrifice is really, doesn't speak to what it really is all about. It is a sacrifice in the sense that 
In what way is it a sacrifice? We sacrifice our time and our energy. But you're like giving something yeah. of your own, right? A sacrifice sometimes still something money. positive, right? You right. give something that belongs to you to somebody else. That's a sacrifice, right? You're still giving something up. That is good, but um, but it's not a sacrifice in the sense that usually you give something up because the other person needs it. Right? If I'm sending uh, aid, I'm sending you know things to to Ukraine. So I'm 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 giving of my own to someone who's in need. Right? That's not what a, that's not what a korban is. Right? That's not what it is. Fine. Okay. But the but the the bigger and we're going to have to see how this works, right? If it's supposed to be something that brings me close, so how does that, how does that work here? So the, the, I would say like the primary machlokas in this question, in like the, the, the Jewish philosophy world, is the machlokas between the Rambam and the Ramban about the reason why God commanded us to bring korbans. We've like mentioned this here or there a few times, but I wanted you to see it inside. I, at first I had the Hebrew and the English. Safaria actually has it really nicely, like... Hebrew and English, but, the, but it's, so, it's so long that I said, let's just bring the English so it's long enough to read. We won't read every single word here, but you have more of it if you need it. Um, and if you, want to, if you want to look it up, you can literally look it up right in safari.org. They have, you know, they have the Mornabuchim right there, um, 332. So let's take a look at the Rambam, and you're going to see how the Rambam goes crazy. But if you read the, the difference also is if you read the Rambam inside, you're going to see, I think, it doesn't sound as crazy as... At first, we might think it sounds. So let's see. Um, take a look. Many precepts in our law are the result of a similar course adopted by the same supreme being. It is namely impossible to go suddenly from one extreme to the other. Okay, so the Ram says you can't... Human beings are created in a sense that we are only able to shift moderately, slowly. We don't do big, right? That's why quitting cold turkey, anything, doesn't work. Because we're not wired for extreme change. It doesn't work for us, right? It is therefore, according to the nature of man, impossible for him suddenly to discontinue everything to which he has been accustomed. Now God sent Moses to make the Israelites a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, by means of the knowledge of God. Unto thee it has showed up, I won't read all the, all the, the Israelites were commanded, skip down two lines, were commanded to devote themselves to his service, Right? But the custom which, uh, but the where it's bolder. But the custom which was in those days generally among all men, and the general mode of worship in which the Israelites were brought up, consisted in sacrificing animals in those temples which contained certain images, to bow down to those images and to burn incense before them. The religious and ascetic persons were in those days the persons that were devoted to the service in the temples erected to the stars, as has been explained by us. Right? The Rambam talks about that a lot. That the process how people got from serving God to serving. The, the sun, the moon, and the stars. They first wanted to do so as a way of connecting to Hashem, and then they forgot about Hashem. Fine. It was in accordance with the wisdom and plan of God, as displayed in the whole creation, that He did not command us to give up and to discontinue all these manners of service. For to obey such a commandment, it would have been contrary to the nature of man, who generally cleaves to that which he is used. It would in those days have made, check this out, would have made the same impression as a prophet would make at present if he called us to the service of God and told us in His name, that we should not pray to him, not fast, not seek his help in time of trouble, and we should serve him in thought and not by action. Imagine a Navi would come and say to the Jewish people, you may no longer daven. Davening is forbidden. You can talk to God, but not through, you, you, can, you can communicate with God through your mind, but you're not allowed to say the words out loud. You're not allowed to come to a shul. You're not allowed, right? Imagine that would be the way what, what a Navi would say to us. For the, and, and imagine if he said, and when, and when something really bad is happening, 
something really hard is happening in your life, you're not allowed to pray. Even to God, who, we, who you're supposed to believe in. Not allowed. Okay? For this reason, God allowed these kinds of service to continue. He transferred to his service that which had formerly served as a worship of created beings and of things imaginary and unreal and commanded us to serve him in the same manner vis-a-vis to build unto him a temple. Okay? So the reason I like reading this inside is because it sounds a little different than when we say, the Ramam says we were used to turning for the Zohar, so he says, we'll just do the same thing. That's not what the Ramam says. The Ramam says the human nature is that it would have been impossible to tell the Jewish people, now you're going to, now Shemona Esrei is going to be your way of, I'm going to do what? It's like, it's, it's unnatural to them. They wouldn't even know how to, how to worship God that way. They don't know what that means. They've never seen it before. All they've seen is animal sacrifice. That's what they saw. They've seen it their whole lives. In fact, it began since the dawn of man, right? For the first, whatever it is, 2,500 years of humankind from the, from the, the first people ever born. Right? Uh, kind and Hevel, that's what they did. They, they turned to God through sacrifice. So to tell them now they can't do so would have been almost, an, he says, an impossible ask. Something they could not have possibly handled. Okay? And look what he says. Look, what, look where the ellipsis is now. He says, it's not, not bolded. I know that you will first thought, re, uh, reject this idea and find it strange. You'll put the following question to me in your heart. How can we suppose that divine commandments, prohibitions, and important acts which are fully explained and for which certain seasons are fixed should not have been commanded for their own sake, but only for the sake of some other things, as if they are only the means in which, his, which he employed for his primary object? Meaning like, it's like God, it's like a bid the Eved. 20% of the Torah is bid the Eved. And it's, it's only because we're stuck. What can I tell you? What can I tell you, human beings? So, how can I be? What prevented him... From, Check this out. What prevented him from making his primary object a, a, a direct commandment to us and give us the capacity of obeying it? If he wanted something else, tell us what he wanted. If he wanted tefillah only, so tell us tefillah. Those precepts, which, you, which in your opinion are, only, are the only, me, or sorry, only the means and not the object, would then have been unnecessary. Okay? Meaning, what do you need the korbanos for? The whole reason is to get us to come close to him, etc. So make some other way. Why does God need to, to take a vodazara and, and make that into a vodazashem? So here's my answer. Which, win, which will cure your heart of this disease and will show you the truth of that which I have pointed out to you. The Rambam was like, pretty smart. Also, right? It's like, if we have the kasha, the Rambam, has, the Rambam knows that we're bothered by it, right? These occurs in the law, a passage which contains exactly the same idea. It is the following. When Ami saw the Yisrael, it was time to go to Eretz Yisrael. What does Hashem do? Does he take he a, it does not. Good, why not? Why does he take a straight into Eretz Yisrael? Well, he thought he wanted to kill out that door in the midbar. Well, that's what they ends up happening. Ready. That's not the reason that he says. What is the reason it says in the Torah? So we can't find our way back. No. <laughs> Why does Hashem not take us straight into the Eretz Plishtim? Straight, straight into Eretz Israel? We weren't ready. No, he said Right? They come back to Mitzrayim because the people are going to get nervous. Because if I take them straight in, right? So he, he took us a roundabout way because if you would take us straight in, we get too nervous for Shabbat Mitzrayim. They're going to run back. Hashem says, I know human, human nature. I made human nature. And human nature is if I take them out of Mitzrayim and I take them straight to Eretz Yisrael, which is where we're supposed to go. When Hashem couldn't give us the Torah on, on Har Moriah, he do whatever he wants. Right? Could have taken us straight into Eretz Yisrael. where we're supposed to go. Why didn't he do that? Because human nature would not allow it. 
what, what, what human nature means, what, we would not have been su- successful that way. Right? Here God led the people about away from the direct road, which he originally intended, whatever that means, because he feared they might on that way with hardships, to, might on that way with hardships too great for their ordinary strength. They must be, oh, feared that they might see too much, it's be too difficult for them. So he took them by another road in order to obtain thereby his original object. In the same manner, God refrained from prescribing what, what the people by their natural disposition would be incapable of obeying and gave the above-mentioned commandments as a means of his securing his chief object, to spread a knowledge of him and to cause him to reject idolatry. Right? And by the way, that's one of the reasons why so many mitzvahs in the Torah involve destroying Avodah Zarah. Right? We are going to, we're going to take that same Avodah and turn it into Avodah Hashem, but we're going to destroy any remnants of Avodah Zarah anywhere in Israel, and, any, and so many pieces of it. Right? Even the first korban is a korban of... The sheep, we talked about that before, right? You kill the sheep, which is the Avodah Zarah of the Egyptians. So it's like, it's a destruction of their Avodah Zarah, but through a way of doing something that is similar because that's what we can relate to, okay? So he says, you th-, and he gives many other examples also. Many times the Torah says, do things this way and that way, even though sort of in theory, God would have preferred it a different way, whatever that means, because he understands human nature. And we have, it, we have explicitly by the Isha Sifas Torah, right? This halacha that a, that a man can take a woman in battle even though she's not Jewish, etc. Why? Says Rashi, Dibra Torah Kenegadi Yitzhar. Right? Hashem knew, Hashem knows what the Yitzhar person's like and he would have told him that he can't do anything, he would do it Yitzhar anyway. So he said, you know what, I'll find a way to let you do it Behetar, a way that's permissible, which you know, it, it becomes almost impractical. But the point being that the Torah understands human nature. My Bobby would tell me this all the time, that God understands human psychology. You know, the Torah is full of psychology. But, but it's true. It's true. The understanding of how human beings act. So that's... One day we could talk about why. Go for it. Go for it, Rona. Go for it, Rona. I know what you're going to say. Go for it. The issue of gay... Yeah. How could I make people a certain way yeah. and they are naturally made that way yeah. and then tell them you have to live a, a life by yourself. Right. Like, if it, he makes other allowances and exceptions right? for human nature. Doesn't actually understand human nature in that one too. Great kasha, great kasha. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a extraordinarily challenging years, kasha. I can't. I can't understand like, it. I don't, no, I don't pretend to have the answer to that question. And it's an extraordinarily difficult question, and it's and it gets to the same point. It's a good point. It's a very fair point, and it's something we should talk about. Um, yeah, but, I knew I was setting you up. I was setting you up for that. Oh, also, no, I just—it's—it's such—it's such a lovely concept and idea, and that's why God didn't bring us straight to Israel. But we had Chet Ego because this whole idea to make us go slow. Okay, well, he, it didn't. Didn't totally work. It didn't work. Right. So that's Very why we did Chet Ego. Right. So like that right. didn't really work right there. And right. when God finally opened His mouth and spoke to us, and the people were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're not ready for that either." Right. So it's kind of like we have this. Nice little idea that, like, he's God understands human nature perfectly. But right. at Harsinai, like, it didn't really work. Right, and then, and then that whole na- that whole generation doesn't work. We've talked about this before, right? The whole generation just can't do it. And then the day right. they can't pull it off, they're not ready. They're never going to be able to live in a normal civilization. So what happens? They all have to die, right? right? Before, and, we, and we start with a new generation right. that grows up in the midbar, who's going to be the people who can actually who didn't live their lives as slaves. We're going to be able to live, a, create a free civilization in, in, in our Israel. You're right. Yeah. It, it's not that simple. No, right. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's a good at point. Some point you're, as a parent, like with pushing your children, like you right. transition, you transition, but at the end of the day, it's like, 
Okay, like I gave you the five minute warning. Right. <laughs> it's time to go to school. Isn't it fascinating though, by the way? Isn't it fascinating? It's not a coincidence, right? That after, you know, whatever the number, I'm going to leave the number not exactly right, but like let's say approximately, you know, uh, 1800 years, whatever it is, of, of worship that is all done through Corbanos, we've now been transitioned to 2000 years without Corbanos. Wait, right. Right? Mm-hmm. Probably not. I, I imagine, right? The Bowen Shalom had that in mind too here, right? So like, it's a fascinating, right? In a certain sense, I wasn't thinking to say this, but it's, you could almost make the argument that like, I understood that too, right? And it was almost like, oh, we got, we needed that. I don't know if I'm right or not. I'm not, like, I'm not saying this is what he had in mind. I don't know what Hashem has in mind. It's just interesting to know, right? That if that's the argument, like, well, we needed that because that you couldn't get, get us off of it. Well, eventually we did, mm-hmm. right? Eventually we we had 70 years without it, mm-hmm. and then it came back again, right? But, and as many explained, that's, those 70 years were really a preparation for the final Gullus, right? Which is going to take much longer. And we were, that's why we bring the, the names of the months from Bovel with us, right? Tishrei, Cheshvan, Kislev are not Jewish. Those are Babylonian names, which we take on after the, the first Gullus. Because as part of the, like, that, that this first Gullus was really a, a, a kind of preparation for a much longer Gullus, Right? Which, so you have no Corbanus during that time, and then when the base of is destroyed, and Rabbi Kiva says, it's okay, it's okay, we, 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 we have the Rebunah Shalom, we don't need the Corbanus, right? But maybe it took, whatever it was, 2,000 years for us to have it and, and get used to that and, and, and slowly realize what, what the real goal is, that Corbanus are not there just to be rote actions, they're there to have, be something more. So let's see, let's keep going for a minute. But it's a really good point. But, you know, but now that we're so removed, like now when we think of Bringing them back. Prices, we're all upset Yikes. about it. So. Some of us are upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward. <laughs> I'm looking forward, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't bother me so much. But, so but per- personally, yeah. personally, I'm not so bothered, but I understand that people are. Mm-hmm. Right. I can totally I feel like respect that people are bothered by it. It doesn't really bother me, but, um, but um, I'm not like... It, I don't think it's like, wow, that would be so much more spiritual. Right. I don't think I feel that way. But I, I, I think to me it's more like I can't imagine being in a situation where like all of the way the, avoda, the, the, way the that Avodah Hashem was like originally set up, the way like Moshe Rabbeinu taught it, that we've never been able to see, to like really see that, yeah. it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Right? To have like a Kohen Gadol with like, you know what I mean? I'm saying the idea of a base I made us. Why can't we still have all those things without animals like rest? And it's not like, like blood. It's not like blood at your yeah. at your, like at your why feet. It's it a great question. And, and, you know. So let's keep going. Let's keep going. We're not done. So let's keep going. <laughs> good. So good. 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 So let's go. I know. It was good. I knew we weren't going to get to everything. It's fine. It's good. <laughs> Look where it's bolded. You ask. Okay. What could have prevented? You sure I am? Yeah. What could have prevented God from commanding us directly? That which is the chief object, and from giving us the capacity to obey it. Meaning, wait, wait a second. That's human nature. Who made human nature? Hashem. Hashem, right, right. Uncle Moshe says, "Of course, of course, it was Hashem." Right? That's hello. Hashem made us that way. So why don't you just switch us, reprogram us, right? Just do that. Is that Jordy? Jordy in Star Trek, right? The guy in the back. He did open, open his back, and like you know. Um, so this will lead to a second question. What prevented God from leading the Israelites to the way of the land of the Philistines and dying them a strength for fighting? Let, make, them, make them braver. God, right? why didn't he do that? Right? 
Um, the leading about by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night would then be, been, not been necessary. A third question would then be asked in reference to, a good, uh, to the good promise as a reward for keeping the commandments and the evil foretold as punishment for sins. Right? It, it, to take you all back to the original question, which is free will. Right? It is the following question as it is the chief object and purpose of God that we should believe in the law and act according to that which is written therein. Why is he not giving us the capacity to continually believe in it? And follow its guidance. Meaning, once you want to have God tinker with human, with, with human nature, then just go all the way and have God make us robots. That will just do whatever he says. And obviously, that's not, that's, that's not supposed to happen here, right? This could be a whole different year, right? But um, what, prevent, I just moved down a bit, what prevented him from giving us as part of our nature the will to do that which he desires us to do? Right? And Balmani says there's one general answer to these three questions. And to all questions of the same character, it is this. Although in every one of the signs related in Scripture, the natural pr- pr- property of some individual being is changed, the nature of man is never changed by God by way of a miracle. Right? God does not change human nature. He never has, and He never will. He created us in a way that is in accordance with his, this important principle that God said, Oh, that there was such a heart, heart in them that they would fear me. It is also for this reason that he distinctly stated the commandments and prohibitions, the reward and the punishment. This principle as regards miracles has been frequently explained by us in our works. I do not say this because I believe that it is difficult for God to change the nature of every individual person. God can do whatever he wants. On the contrary, it is possible. And it's in his power. Right? But it has never been, never been his will to do it. And it never will be. If it were part of his will to change at his desire the nature of any person, the mission of prophets and the giving of the law would have been altogether superfluous. Right? So he says, you're going to question me about the Ramamas. He's good at this, right? You're going to, you're going to not that he needs my haskama, but right? So you're, going to, you're going to tell me, what do you mean? It's human nature. God. The answer is, don't be so fast right? to ask God to change human nature. That's what Torah is all about. That's what life is about. And Hashem created us with a certain nature, exactly made in a certain way that he, like the right balance that he believed for each of us. And then he gave us a Torah and said, go get it. You know, good luck. And it's our job to work within the nature that we have. And so if that's true, the, the, like the way he goes about even creating the mitzvahs themselves at times is only by way of recognizing that human nature, which he had already perfected. Perfected, I mean, in the sense that we're not perfect, but he, just the way he wanted it to be, handed it to human beings, and then said, here's the Torah, go get it. And go... go you know, look, go, go find a meaningful life, right? And that's complicated and difficult for us, but there's one place where Hashem says, hands off, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to touch your human nature. And in which case, he even makes mitzvos based on human nature, okay? Other kashas yeah. and problems okay. notwithstanding. Fine, okay? Um, the the Medrash of Eikarab in source number three seems to hint to the same concept. Okay, the, the Medrash basically says, when Pinchas says the name of Rabbi Levi, there's a mashal. What's the mashal? There was a, a son, that the, you know, the son of a king, who uh, he loved him so much, and he taught him to eat, you know, uh, you know all kinds of foods, kosher, non-kosher foods, etc. The, the king then says to him, right, this is only, it's all, always going to be on my table, etc. And he says, since Amisol were so connected to Avodazara, if I am and Korbanayam the Seirim, they would bring Korbanos to sheep. Right? That's the Avodazara of the Egyptians. 
Um, it was the, it was like you know satanic, whatever it is exactly. Etc. So what did you do instead? Take the same type of korban and instead of bringing it to a avodah bring it to me. And they will be saved. Right? The point being that Korbanos, according to the Medrash, sounds like similar as the Rambam says, is recognizing this is what we're doing anyways. And Hashem says, let's take that, pat, that, that interest and shift it to something Kaddosh. Fine. The Ramban has no interest in this approach. And he says, this is crazy. Okay? Source number four, says the Ramban. He quotes the Rambam. In the first paragraph, he quotes Amar Harab Murnavuchim. He quotes the Rambam. Notice he called the Rambam Harab, right? The Rambam understood who the Rambam was, right? He would attack him a lot. He wrote a lot of commentaries specifically. He wrote a commentary on the Sefer Mitzvos, which he called Hamitzos Sharamam Shachach. The Mitzvos of the Rambam forgot. And he attacks the Rambam very intensely, but he had a lot of respect for him. You have to have respect for somebody if you're going to write a book on their book, right? So then he writes, so look where it's uh, bolded. Vihinei Heim Divrei Havai. Divrei Havai means. Craziness. Nonsense. The Rambam's approach, he says, is, is nonsense. It's going to, you're going to have to like, you know, fix all the mistakes, the, the, the things that the Rambam smashed, right, with this mistake. You make the, 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 the table of Hashem like disgusting. I have to care about the people who can't get over to themselves. Like I, I, I go into the lowest common denominator when I, when when we make mitzvos. The pasuk says that the the korbanos are this beautiful beautiful smelling aroma to the rebbonu shalom. But it's just like backup of Zarah, right? And Hashem's like, oh, that's the greatest smell. That can't be. And he and he and he continues, but it's not bolded that Noah gave korbanos and Kain and Hevel gave korbanos. He says it can't be that this is just like you know. You know, uh, back up to Avodah Zarah. Noach brought a korban that wasn't Avodah Zarah, it was Tashem. Right? Kind of have a bring korban as Tashem. Right? So it's not like, oh, because Avodah Zarah did it. So what does he say? So I'll tell you a better reason to say. It's his reason. Right? I'll give you a better reason. You know that human beings, our, you know, it actually sounds exactly like the Sefer Chinuch, which says almost the same exact idea. Human beings are, we follow, right? we have, we're, we're full of our minds, our mouths, and our actions. So, Tziva Hashem Kika Sheyechta Yavi Korban. So Hashem says, when you're good, when you're doing a Veira, what do you do? You have to bring a Korban. A human being is made up of our different senses, right? Our minds, the things that we say, and the things that we do. So when I make a mistake, what do I do? I come to Kodesh Baruch and I use all of them, right? Yismoch Yadav Alav Kenegan Amaisai, I lean my hands. On the korban, literally, you give, you put. It's called smicha. It's different then, right? But it's called smicha. You put, you, you lean on the animal. and you say out loud, right, what you've done wrong. You burn what the the innards and the and the the, the kidneys, right? The, the the Chazal always said that the kidneys are the place of wisdom, right? Well, I don't know what that is. When the kidneys always have that. That, that reference wisdom. 
right? But in the place also where I where I think and I have desires, vakrayim can neged yad varagav the hands the hands and the feet of the animal because like like our hands and feet. A person who do things. You take the blood and you spill it on the mizbeach. Like our blood. Right? You see that I sinned Hashem with all of my being. It's almost like what should be happening to me? What's happening to this animal should be happening to me. Right? It's like this sense of this is what should be happening. If it wasn't for the, the chesed of Hashem, that He takes something in my place, right? Right? That the that the korban it's symbolic. It's not because we were doing it already. Even if we had never, even if no one in the world had ever given a korban, the purpose of korbanos is to get us to recognize who we are and what we've done. And it's a way of taking our entire beings in a certain sense and symbolically offering that to Hashem when we make a mistake. Right? It's a way of like, you know, creating a very, very powerful symbol. Right? You, can't even, you can't even imagine. Right? We're, we're all, those who are grossed out by Krabanos, right? it's because it's, it's a very powerful image, right? which is scary. But it, the point is, it's supposed to be a very powerful image. That's what it's supposed to be, right? To give a person that sense of, wow, this is what I did, and like, I don't want to be like that anymore. And I want, and I want, and I want to change. And to go to the base of Migdash and to bring a korban, you didn't have to get on a plane and head to Yushalayim and bring the animal. It's a whole experience. And once I'm done, I have this like powerful experience that I've experienced. So decide, decide if you like that better than the Ramah I mean, right now. <laughs> is it not weakened when you talk about the other types of... Also? Yes, yes. When you bring a when you bring a korban ola or you yeah. bring a korban mincha, yes, there are other you have to, you have right. to explain more korbanos. Yes. and there are those who have done this. They've gone through the different types of korbanos. Um, or Alex is Rebbe Alex Israel, um, the Rebbe in. Um, okay, so he, so he's so he's a beautiful uh, essay on this where he talks about the that the three different types of korbanos are connected to three different types of emotions. And the korban toda. I have a, basically that I need some, and we know this. Amishol needed this, right? In the, in the midbar, we need a physical representation, a way to channel emotions, right? So when I have something good happen to me, right? We want to show things. So saying modim is great, but to to come and bring chalas and and by the way, the korban toda really is a it's a barbecue, and you have forty loaves of bread that you can't eat yourself. So what do you have to do? To invite other people, right? So it becomes an opportunity to make a kiddush. That's the first kiddush. Right, was with Korban Toda, for real, right? So th- that's one expression, right? There's the, and there's other expressions of different types that the Korban provides the opportunity to have that, you know, to have that connection. So again, the only point that Ramban's making is that I don't need the paganism. Don't tell me that this was pagan and that's why it's happening. It has symbolism on its own. I don't need to borrow it from the non-Jews. That's not necessary. The Yubo could have come up with that idea could have, of course it could have, right? But on his own, without us, without, without the pagans, without Egypt, without Edom, without, you know, Canaan, uh, we could do it totally by ourselves. So the, Ram, the Ramban just saying, like, why do you need to say that that comes from our, that's because it's our nature? You don't have to say that. But they right? actually, like, distorted it because, you know, like you said, like, um, like, we're, that was their original feeling. Like, nobody, 
they weren't told to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So they wanted to. Right, so then, like, all the generations of people, like, it was just a distortion of what it... The original desire that a human being has to give something to Hashem. You know how you feel, like, you know, like with certain people, they do you a certain favor, and you just want to, like, give them something, but the thing you're going to give them is so impossible to ever really? re- yeah. fully express right. how you feel for the chesed, or whatever it is that they did for you, right? And you feel like almost silly, like, you're like you buy them a present, or you, like, you don't even know what to do. So you have to write a note. It's just like, this is really right. a joke right. Right, compared to how I really feel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But we still do it because we need to give something, right? So that's part of this also, right? It's, it's providing human beings with that opportunity to express ourselves in that way. Time out. Yeah. <laughs> in the same way, though, I think people like Dobbin and it's quite raw and it's hard to find the meaning of spirituality. Why wouldn't that happen here it did. too? It I, I, did. Right. What does Yermio say? There was a ton of like, says to Am Yisrael, Lama li Hashem. What do I need him for? I don't need your korbanos. Don't go kill somebody and then bring a korban afterwards. <laughs> don't go speak Lashon Hara and stab that person in the back and this and that and a terrible thing and then show up, sign the dotted line, here's my korban, like, thanks God, God the ATM machine. Right? That's not how it works. It's true in Karbonos, it's true in davening, it's true in anything. Right. Right? And maybe that's why the first Karbonos, one was accepted and one wasn't. Right? From the very beginning, God never wants the action by itself. Right? He wants the action that reflects an emotion. And the idea in the end of the day is connection. Mm-hmm. Right? I actually I spoke in Yeshiva today. We, were, we, we started like, um, um, talking to the guys about like, being a little more mindful the things they do already anyways. So I talked today about, about tefillah, and I mentioned the amazing Gemara that talks about why we daven the way we daven. And basically says the, re, the source of all tefillahs, that we daven shavach, and then we first praise Hashem, and then we make a bakasha afterwards, and we ask Hashem. That comes from Moshe Rabbeinu. When did Moshe Rabbeinu do that? I've, I've told you this before, I think. Parshat Vashchanan. Vashchanan, he says, well, Hashem, you're amazing. You know, you did amazing things. And then he says, Ebronav, can I please go into Eretz Hashem? Right? And so a minute before Hashem say, Great. So every, every Shemonesh in the whole world begins, Shevach, Bakasha, Hoda. Right? You first praise Hashem, ask Him, and then... And there's only one big problem with that. Hashem said no to that tefillah. So why would, we, why would we fashion every tefillah in the whole world we ever say after a tefillah of Moshe Rabbeinu, but the answer was no. And what's the answer? It's not about the answer. Right? Because it's a mistake. The thing that Hashem is not an ATM machine. Right? The, the, the purpose of davening is not to get what I want. That is also what we do, and we also ask for what we want. And, the, and by coming to him for the things that we want, we show him that we believe he can give them to us. Right? It's mechazek aramuna. It's, there's so many things that we get out of tefillah. But the goal of tefillah is not, check, can I, get a, can I please get my receipt, God? Right? The goal is relationship. Right? And it's exactly the same thing here. That's what Ramban saying. Right? It's not that I that I, I hand it in and I and have no feelings and no meaning and it, and it works. It's not about it working, right? It's about what does it do for the relationship? I can go to Buffalo, right? I'm being serious, right? But what it's about, it's about the tefillah that I daven there, right? It, it, it inspires me to daven, right? It doesn't mean I'm going to get a yes anyways, right? But if it inspires me to daven and to mean it and to connect, then it has value, right? Then it has value, right? So it's really the same point, I think. And that's where, you know, again, you could like the Rambam, you could like the Rambam. I, have, I used to not like the Rambam on this. When I really read it, I liked it better, almost. Because I, I, 
I just think it's cool. I mean, again, the good news is we don't have to paskin. It's not halacha. So we can do whatever you like. But, it, but it's very interesting. I'll just tell, I'll just, we have to, we're out of time. I'll tell you one last thing, which I think is very cool. You can read it yourself inside from, from Rabbi Golden. It's just such a nice idea that he points out that most carbonos are not burned up to Hashem. Most carbonos, we eat. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So what is it really then, he says? It's really having a meal with the Rebona Shalom. All right, so how do, you, how do you connect with somebody? Right, how do you, what's the way to like make a connection? You go out friend, for lunch. You go out for a meal. You go out for dinner. Right? How do people go on dates? How do they, right? You go, you go, you go out for dinner. Right? The, the idea being, Lahavdil, it's not the same thing. Right? But the idea being, it's the same yusod, the same concept, right? That it's about creating connection. It's about creating relationship. So whatever reasons was the Rebbe Shalom thought that we couldn't handle it without that, fine. Meaning, this would be the best avenue for us to create a connection with him for real. Or no, God knew it the whole time. And it has this symbolic meaning. By the way, the Ramban rejects the Rambam. But you don't have to. God is multifaceted, to say the least. God could have said, this is best for our nature. And he could also say, and by the way, it has great symbolic meaning. It has both. Rashad Gion, I didn't didn't mention to you, says when I give something of myself to Hashem, again, it's a way of kind of reflecting that desire to come close. We give something to somebody as as a sense of, I want to feel close to you. Right, so it, it, it's all you know. You can take all of them and a piece of all of them, but when you think about it that way, so you might still find it gross, and that's okay because um, it's nothing we're used to. Um, but the idea that there would be a mechanism through which we can find connection, because that's what it's really about. So I think, and, and there being something physical for us to do in order to do so, you know, for some people might mean be very meaningful. For some of us, it still might just still might just gross us out and be too hard for us to really think about. Um, but, but I think by, by looking at it this way, at least we recognize, like you said, it's not something to do by rote. It's not, God is not an ATM machine. God wants a relationship with us. And so he had to, to figure out when, how he figures things out the best way that would work. We could still mess it up because that's still human nature. We could still do it wrong. We could still misuse it. That's true with anything he gives us. But, it's our, you know, but, it, but it provides an opportunity for us to use it the right way. And yes, today that we don't have korbanos, so tefillah becomes that that avenue, and we could do the same thing. We could daven, daven up till him as many times as we like and say philos in a way that isn't meaningful and that we don't connect to, and then what good is it? You're right. But we also can take a few minutes to sit quietly and you know, contemplate how we daven and who we're davening to and why we're davening. And daven, like we said before, a little less, but with more kavana, you know, and like really to pay attention. And then we make use of the tefillah in a way that is so, so meaningful. It really, in the end of the day, you know, the irony, right? With all the things that he asked us to do, you know, and we think it's all about him, and at the end of the day, it's really about us, what we can do, and it's our choice. Why couldn't it be with fruits and vegetables, 